You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and today we're going to uh, look at what has happened so far in Giants training camp and preview Thursday's preseason opener. And uh, here to help me do that is Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan and CBS Sports. Em, how you doing? I'm doing fine. It always a pleasure talking ball with you, man. Hey, and you know you've been uh, you've been at camp this year just uh, just about as much as I have, and uh, that's that, that's a change. It's a little different this year. It's nice to nice to see you out there almost every day. I know, man. It feels good, man. It, it you know it feels normal and. Um, you know, it's, it's good to be out there because, again, as many people don't know, uh, I do cover college football during the season and also do a lot of extensive draft work. So if, if you're a draft analyst and you can't get to a practice, you really need to do so because it really does put in perspective when you're watching college prospects what actually works at the NFL level when you're standing there on the sideline looking at NFL players all day long. And, you know, another thing that uh, you bring up, you know, seeing things with your own eyes and and putting things into perspective and what it makes me think about this year, specifically with the Giants, is watching Daniel Jones and watching this offense. And and I know there are a ton of questions about Jones and whether the Giants will decide he's their guy going forward this year. And I know Giants fans have have freaked out when they've seen they've seen me report things like Jones going four for 13 on a given day in, in, in 11 on 11. And the other day, I think Monday, he went five for 16 and threw a couple of picks. And I think it's important to put all of this in context. Uh, you know, Mike Kafka's talked about it Um Shea Tierney, the quarterback's coach, said yesterday that right now the Giants are about process over results because a lot of what's happening, they're seeing guys run routes for the first time. They're seeing defensive looks for the first time. They're installing a new scheme. So a lot of things that are happening are maybe because it's the first time they've done them. So I I think it's important for everybody to put in context that that you know, don't freak out when you see five for 16, you know, in the second week of, of training camp. Well, that that's why I don't particularly take stats during practice because I remember vividly, it was funny. It was, it was one day, it was last week 
where Coach Dayball does what he does best. And I love that about him, that he's telling you what the practice situation is before we go out there and practice. And he said, hey, today we're working on third and long. And I remember doing stretch, during stretch period, I'm standing next to Patty, good friend of ours. I was like, Patty, um, I'm not even worried about the end result today, you know, in terms of touchdowns or interceptions. If they're practicing third long, I just want to see the decisions and where he's going with the ball. And, you know, is he throwing toward the sticks or is he throwing close enough to the sticks where guys can, if it was a real game, make a play and get the first down? I don't care the intercepts or whatnot. And it, it just so happens that day he he threw two bad interceptions um, and he completed a, a, a lot of, you know, that was a day where everyone tweeted out he's on fire. He had the two touchdowns, two picks, 13 to 17. And but a lot of those passes were eight yards, seven yards, nine yards like that on third and 15. And the following day, Patty asked a question about what he's trying to ascertain from that drill, from that those those situations. And he said exactly what I said the day before at practice that, you know, we were more, yeah, the completions and stuff like that are fine, but we're looking at the process. And and so that's why a lot of what you see at practice and understanding how a practice is run, you kind of know what's, what's the real takeaway. What's not the real takeaway. A lot of times you see fans tend to be focused on um, the end result. And a lot of times you see maybe some, you know, un, some some beat writers may be not familiar with what practice is supposed to be and they're focused on um, the end result, which is why you see the stat taking and stuff like that. But yeah, he went 13 to 17, but you want to see him attack the, the the sticks. That's the purpose of the drill. But that, I'm like you, it, at the end of the day, if you're there at practice, and I'm glad the fans are allowed to be at practice because they can now see what we're seeing. And so... I feel like there's a lot of vitriol thrown at the beat writer's way when they report stuff, but these fans are out there seeing the same things too. So now they can understand the job of the beat writer and what we're actually reporting on and what is actually happening at practice. Right. And we don't always have all of the context either because we, you know, we see an incompletion and, and, you know, part of our job on a day-to-day basis is okay. We do give you the number, but we also try to give you the context and, but we don't always know, you know, what a quarterback is being told. And Brian Dable has said, look, you know, I'm telling these guys sometimes to go ahead and throw the ball just to see how the coverage reacts or just to see how the receiver reacts, you know, whether we think that's a, that's a thing we would do in a game or not, just go ahead and throw it. And, and as Shea Tierney, the quarterback's coach said, Yesterday, when assistant coaches met with the media, he said, you know, we're about process over results right now. We're about, you know, whether the pass is completed or incomplete, we're about compiling the information so that we can go back and talk about it and get on the same page as we learn this offense. So so right now, those completion numbers don't mean a whole lot. I mean, they will, obviously, when you get to week one and as this offense develops. But right now, it it's about these guys just just getting on the same page and learning this offense and learning each other. Yeah, and, and a classic example was the throw. Uh, everyone talked about Daniel Jones throwing to Galladay. Now, we talked about this too, Ed. There's, there's multiple ways you could look at that, and it's all about perspective. And again, 
without knowing exactly what was said or done on that play, there is a couple of ways. And, and you know, you could look at it and say, hey, that really wasn't a great route by Galladay. He probably should have, you know, pushed up vertically a little bit more, stemmed up the de- defensive back before snapping off his route. And he probably should have snapped it off working outside instead of curling inside to then go outside. You could also look at it from the perspective like, why didn't Daniel Jones give his guy a chance to make a play? Um, you could also look at it like Daniel Jones was clearly seeing that this guy was covered and threw the ball away. And you could look at it and say, well, why he didn't hit the check down right in front of him? But when you look at it from a different perspective, you could say, well, he clearly opened up to Galladay's side. So from my perspective, it looked as though it was a called play to Galladay. So that's why he went that way, saw Galladay was covered, threw it out of bounds. So, But that's the difference of having perspective. And when you ask those questions on what happened on this play, it's not necessarily about why did the the ball end up where it did, or it's more about, you know, what, what was the call, what, what the thought process was, and can you explain what we saw? Because maybe we're seeing this thing differently. Right. So it's it's just important to keep everything in in perspective. Um, you know, a, as you see these numbers and, and, and as you see these, I mean, it's just, it's a work in progress. It's practice, it's training camp. It's, it's a time to develop. So, so that I mean, the bottom line is just keep it in perspective and don't freak out about the numbers. Um, I will say know, this though, Ed, I will jump in and say this is the reason, you know, if Daniel Jones had played well, his first three years, these numbers wouldn't matter, you know, that people see at practice. I feel like when, because um, you'll see people say, oh, Drew Brees threw picks at practice and Mahomes threw picks at practice. Yeah, it's about earning that leeway, you know. Yeah. But if you're Daniel Jones, it's tough for him to have those days because it just harkens back to, well, he's just, this is just who he is. You know what I mean? Right, right. You know, but the, the thing that I've said is, look, we're not going to learn. We're not going to learn what Daniel Jones future is until we get to regular season games though. Right. And I, and I remember I, I said, that, I don't know if I said this to you or someone else I was talking to at practice, you're going against your defense, right? Who also knows your offense. And I said this in regards to the second Darnay Holmes interception um, in the flat against Daniel Jones. The, the second it happened, everybody was, you know, a lot of people were groaning like, Oh, he threw another pick six to Darnay Holmes. I'm like, wait a minute. That looked like the same interception two days earlier. Um, they ran the same play. So and being a part of uh, being a former college football player playing at, uh, you know, in practice, you know, you know, certain formations and certain tips off the, the defense is like they start at some point in camp, they start to cheat. It's right. like, bro, you know what play is coming. That's why you jump the route. Because mm-hmm. you don't find it odd that this this the same dude caught the same type of interception, um, so that that's that second pick I was like, oh, he clearly probably is cheating. You know what I'm saying? Um, but so I I didn't knock him too much for that one because I knew that was a situation where defensive players know your own offense and you know was trying to make a play at practice and and kind of cheated that way. Hey, let's uh, let's move off Jones a little bit. Um, I quickly want to ask you about uh, about the fight the other day. Um, I had two quick thoughts that I put in a, in a video on YouTube that you know that came from the fight. The first thought was, 
and I'll ask you about this because I'm guessing as a former college football player, maybe you've been involved in a practice scrum or two yourself. But uh, my, my my first thought was, why on God's green earth do NFL players throw punches at guys in full pads and uh, and with their helmets on? It's, that, <laughs> it's the confidence of it's like the confidence of the, the quarterback with the red jersey out there scrambling like, bro, you know. We can't tackle you. You know you're not going to get hit. So stop trying to be Vic out here. You know what I'm saying? And when someone is throwing a punch uh, with, with some against someone with a helmet on, it's like, bro, come on. You know you're not going to inflict pain on anybody. Like, what are you doing? You're just trying to show that you're tough. You know, it, I just found that I was laughing the whole time. I was standing right next to you, Ed. I was laughing the whole time because I know how these things go down. It's like, okay, it's day nine of practice. It's hot as hell out here. We know coach don't like fighting at practice. So if we fight, we could get a chance to steal away a period or two, you know, but, you know, you know, he's going to call us up, going to take about eight minutes to explain this is not who we are. This is what we do. Blah, blah, blah. But at least we get an eight minute break. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we get, get some water. So who's going to start the fight today? You kind of negotiate that in practice. Because remember, if you if you remember how everything went down, um, you know, it started with Saquon's running over the DB. Then the next play, they tackled mm-hmm. a guy to the ground. Then the next play, you see Phyllis, uh, um, you see Cam Brown go going at it. You know, and mm-hmm. off to the side, outside of the big skirmish, you have a Dory Jackson and Ricky Pearl Jr. shadow boxing with each other, like <laughs> fake fighting. So it's like, bro, this is clearly one of those situations where we're trying to stop practicing because it's hot. We want to take a break. That's why I was laughing the whole time because these things happen all the time at, at, a, at a football practice. I, I did enjoy the fact that, you know, if, when you watch enough practices, you understood that sooner or later there was going to be an offensive player who took a shot at Aaron Robinson because <laughs> since like day two of camp when guys were in shorts and T-shirts, Aaron Robinson has been knocking guys down and taking guys to the ground and and getting yelled at by Brian Dable for being too aggressive down the field. And, and you just had to know that sooner or later, somebody was going to pop the kid. You know? you know who else is like that, man? Because this I, I missed the I missed a step because. All right. We saw Robinson get run over in a clearly a third period. But Saquon was like, now nah, I'm about to be Herschel Walker and run right. <laughs> But in between that, and this is a dude that's like team instigator to be completely honest, because he's always involved. Dexter Lawrence was power driving somebody in the ground in between the play where Brightwell got thrown to the ground. So it was like, okay, it's ratcheted up. And it's usually the same. It's Robinson picking with the receivers or it's uh, Dexter Lawrence going above, uh, above and beyond the whistle and driving some offensive lineman into the ground. Yeah, I, I also I knew where we were headed to play after Barkley as soon as like I think it was Antonio Williams was was in at running back and uh you know Tay Crowder basically body slammed him into the ground and I'm like, okay, here we go. This is this is gonna this is gonna get good. <laughs> it's all it's always funny, but I wish someone would have got the video of a Dory Jackson and Ricky Pro Jr. shadow boxing. I was like that. <laughs> They are, they are clearly out five yards outside of the pile, fake like they're fighting one-on-one. It's hilarious. Yep, yep, yep. Always fun. Training camp fights. You just cross your fingers and hope nobody gets hurt. 
Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, let's talk a little bit about Thursday night, about the preseason opener and uh, sort of expectations for that. And the first thing that I'm going to ask you is, Think back to last year, the way that the Giants handled the preseason, most of their starting guys, most of their frontline guys didn't see the field in the first two preseason games. I, for one, am really, really glad that Brian Dable is playing everybody. I mean, he'll play these guys. He'll play really guys will play really limited snaps on Thursday night. You know, the frontline guys. But I'm glad that these guys are are going to get some snaps. I don't know if you feel the same way. Well, uh, you know, I'm not as surprised because you know how it is with new staff, new regime, got to come in, you know, got to prove that you are a guy, blah, blah, blah. You're breaking a new system. So you kind of want to see how guys function. Um, so I'm not as surprised. I would be shocked that they go past a you know, two series. I know Philly is playing their guys two series. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see new coaching staff and how much they play. And it'll be interesting to see the uh, you know, how much truly we see from a guy like Tyrod Taylor. You know, would you rather him get like, you know, two series or you don't want to see him play, you know, a bulk of the snaps, you kind of want to see Davis Webb get out there and get like three and a half quarters of work, you know? Right. Yeah. I just, I just feel like, you know, if you're an established team or, you know, an established player, like Aaron Rodgers came out the other day and said it was useless for him to play in the preseason games. And I get that, but there's nothing established about the New York giants at this point. They're, you know, we've talked about they're building a new offense. I think they can use the snaps. They can use the information, even if it's from a half a dozen plays, you know, and, and they and they can use the bump a little bit, too, you know, that they get from from some live contact. So I'm I'm glad to I'm glad to see Dable putting his guys out there. And and uh, I watched Hard Knocks the other day, and I'm glad Coach Campbell brought this up because I feel like we've talked about this before. Um, first day of training camp, they were in full pass and they were going live. And, you know, and he said, listen, man, the studies have shown, you know, live contact gets you ready for the season and also helps prevent injuries, which we said, 
since they've cut back on all of these equipment days and, you know, padded practices, we probably have seen more guys get hurt in the regular season than we have seen before when everything was like, you know, before, you know, when two days were a thing, uh, then when you had the full scrimmage practices against another team. Um, and when they went away from that, we see more guys get injured within the first three weeks of the season because of those, you know, they, they haven't been hitting or getting used to football contact um, all throughout the spring and summer. So uh, it's, I, I, I'm like you, I do agree that putting guys out there, having them go live, you know, albeit for two series makes a world of difference. Even some guys that you're trying to protect like a Saquon Barkley. Right. There's a, I think there's a line somewhere between the way they do it now and, and the way they used to do it with, two a days in full pads and, and all of that. So, but uh, maybe someday we'll get there. Right. Exactly. So, Hey, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, I do at big blue view every week. I do, you know, risers and fallers and guys that have had good weeks and guys that, you know, that, that look like they might be falling behind in, in competitions for, for roster spots. I want to ask you, you know, heading into Thursday night, who are some guys, A, that you really want to see, and B, guys who really need to show up in the preseason to, to grab spots on this 53-man roster? If you want to yeah. take those, if you want to take those separately, uh, we can do that. That's a, that's a great question, Ed, because when you being at practice like you've been and I've been, um, I'm excited to see Robert Foster and how he's able to do in these, you know, game situations. You know, we've seen him be able to stack and track a DB all throughout the training camp practice. He's been able to get open, you know, and um, and he's been working mostly with Tyrod Taylor. So he's been finding him going deep down the field. You like to see Colin Johnson's continue to, you know, progress in the right direction. I truly feel like he is Kennedy Galladay light you know, in terms of size and what he can do, can play outside, can be that big slot over the middle of the field as well. Um, I'm looking at those two from a receiver position defensively, and this is not necessarily a guy that, that that's standing out, but it's something that I'm very intrigued to watch. I feel like the Giants are strong on the edges, but I feel like there is a question depth-wise at defensive tackle. So outside of, you know, Dexter Lawrence and, um, you know, I know Jalen Holmes been getting a lot of reps, but you want to see how the, the rotation is filling out for these guys at the interior defensive tackle spot. I know Williams is considered a D tackle, he's more of a five tech, a DN type. So, defensive tackle to me seems to be a little bit of a thin spot for um, the Giants outside of Ward, Lawrence, and Williams. You kind of want to see how that plays itself out uh, throughout the preseason. Sure. And it's, it's in all honesty, it's very, very difficult to judge. And even when we're watching these padded practices, it's very, very difficult in 11 on 11 circumstances to, to really focus on, on the interior, on these guys, you know, that, that you're talking about on, you know, say from, from guard to guard, the play in there, you can see if it's on your side of the field, you get a good look maybe at the offensive tackle versus the edge rusher, you know, that that's on your side of the field as, as you're watching from the sideline. 
but it's a big scrum out there, man. And it is, it, it, it's insanely difficult to judge, to, to really get an impression of, of which guards are playing well, which centers are playing well, unless they're snapping the ball over the quarterback's head, it, it, you know, it, and who's doing what at, you know, on the defensive interior. So, so the games are, the games are huge in that aspect. And that's why when I'm pulled back the curtain a little bit, when I go and scout college games um, and you, you know, nine times a 10, you go in there for a specific player. Right. And so, you know, you're going to watch that player, but you also kind of building, you know, a, a running log of seniors that are also capable of playing pro ball or rising juniors. Right. So in order to not overwhelm yourself, and this is what the approach I'll take during preseason games, you want to watch certain position groups each series. So let's say this series, I'm watching the guy I'm, I came to see, right? And then the next um, series, I'm going to watch O-line versus D-line. Next series, I'm going to watch receivers versus DBs and so on and so forth before I go back to the guy that I want to see. Because normally the guy you're going to see is going to make plays regardless, right? He's going to stand out. So you just want to see, you can take a series or two off from watching him to watch other position groups. And that's, I think, the best way to approach preseason um, until you get the film, the All-22, where you could go back and watch it afterwards. But while you're watching it live, you tend to want to focus on, don't follow the ball, focus on position groups and see how they compete against the other side. And, and even as many years as I've done it, M, as many years as I've as I've watched practice, it is really, really hard not to focus on on what's happening with the football. Sometimes it's like, even if your intent is, I want to watch, I want to watch this matchup, you know, between this cornerback and this wide receiver, it's really, really hard to train yourself sometimes not to, not to drift to the football. Right. It's hard because again, naturally your eyes follows the football because you, as is human nature to be outcome based to see, okay, what happened on that play? The ball went this way. Okay, cool. Um, because it feels like because of how football is, you're following the ball. And that sense is kind of like how basketball is where you, you're constantly following the ball. Cause he who has the ball is the one that you got to focus on. So football is a, a, in a way similar to that. Uh, so it is difficult, but you kind of, you know, you just have to train yourself to really be disciplined to focus elsewhere otherwise you're going to get caught missing a lot of what happened and, and to your point vantage point plays a key role at practice there's no way in hell we could see o-line d-line from our vantage point from where we are field level on the side behind the ball is tough right you can the only thing you can see really is the tackle on your side exactly but, uh, but hey um before i let you go i want to ask you about two or three of the rookies, and I'm going to stay away from Kayvon Thibodeau. I'm going to stay away from Evan Neal. I'm going to stay away from Wandale Robinson. You know, we've, we've written about those guys a ton at Big Blue View. We've talked about those guys, you know, and they're all having really, really impressive camps. I want to ask you about uh, a couple of, of the other guys. Um, I First thing I want to ask you about is I know how big of a Marcus McKethan booster you have been. And, you know, how bummed were you to see him go down on Friday night at the uh, at, at the scrimmage to a, to a season-ending torn ACL? It sucks, man, because him and Azudu were really starring at camp, both guys, you know, whether that was one-on-ones 
or in team drills in the run game. Like, man, these dudes are really playing well. Now, Zudu is still out there, and he's going to get, you know, worked all across the, the offensive line to, uh, to build depth. But I was bummed to see McKeithen just, you know, lose out because he had a chance to be that good swing tackle for them uh, this upcoming season, especially with Pert uh, still on the, the PUP list. Right, and it's it's tough. I mean, I wasn't really going to get into this, but you've got McKeithen hurt. You know, Dane Belton broke his collarbone, and he'll be back at some point early in the season. Um, and then we saw Andre Miller, the the undrafted free agent tight end, you know, broke his forearm the other day. And my guess is he lands on season ending IR. It's really, really unfortunate when you see these these young rookies miss this developmental time, uh, you know, because they're basically whenever they get back out on the field, they're basically back at square one. Right. And it's the same situation, you know. I've said this about a guy like, let's say, a Sam Darnold, where you're building progress, you're making strides, and then you get hurt. Now you got to reset, restart the clock, and go back from ground zero. And these guys are in the same boat, especially for the undrafted guys like Miller, who they really like, you know, so there's a plan for him. But when you think about it, if you're an undrafted guy, you, you really are against the you got the eight ball up against you because, you know, they could easily draft somebody um, and move on from you. So it's just, it's tough. It's it's sad to see those guys have to go through that um, because at the pro level is really out of sight, out of mind in terms of, you know, some guys that are hurt, unless you're a star quarterback um, where they constantly check it up on you and keep you involved, but really it's out of sight, out of mind. They move on. Right. You know, if, uh, if Jeremiah Hall, the other undrafted free agent who's been, uh, working tight end fullback responsibilities, just like Miller. If he grabs that job, you know, next year you come to training camp and the Giants are going to be like, well, what do we do with this? What do we do with Miller? You know, what do we have him here for? (laughs) Right, exactly. So it's like, man, you know, we like him. You know, he's not fast enough to be a receiver. He's more of the H back tight end type. Um, And who knows? Maybe they draft someone else. It's, It's crazy how, quickly it can go from promising to not promising for uh you know these back end roster guys right one guy i want to ask you about who's been really really impressive and and keeps showing up is darian beavers i keep getting asked about micah mcfadden the other inside linebacker that the giants drafted and and my answer to mcfadden questions is look mcfadden to my eyes hasn't done anything wrong it's just that Beavers is the one who keeps flashing. He's the one who who keeps ending up in the backfield on running plays, and and he's the one who keeps you know putting pressure on the quarterbacks and and getting you know passes defensed. He's the one making the splash plays at this point. And it tells you he's the better player. And to be completely frank, McFadden kind of looks like a guy out there. Uh, Beaver looks like an NFL linebacker. And one of my strengths for him coming out of Cincinnati was how well he does in terms of understanding route concepts. You know what I'm saying? He can match up versus backs, he can match up versus tight ends, all those good things. But you're seeing him be a significant presence in the run defense department. And coming into training camp, inside linebackers was a place where you wanted to see where the Giants were going to kind of go at that position. And Beavers has kind of played himself into you know that conversation that, man, this dude could be a potential starter um, and it's- for, for them. It's interesting. 
you know, I don't think anybody really, you know, picked up on it very much the other day, but it was really interesting that uh, Wink Martindale said that it's Beavers out of all those other linebackers who's actually playing the mic, you know, when he's on the field and Blake Martinez is not, which is, I mean, you know, the safeties are calling the defense, but it's Beavers who is, who's playing that, that mic backer position you know, when, uh, when they're not, when, when Blake Martinez is, is on the sideline, which I, I found interesting, you know, McFadden's not playing there. It's, it's Beavers. So it's clear that the Giants uh, see Beavers a- as being ahead at that point. Oh, absolutely. His football IQ um, and ability to, to see it on both ends really makes it tough to keep him off the field. Um, and he again, he's making plays on both ends of defense, which is what you want to see uh, from your linebacker, especially in today's game where if you can't cover, you're not going to be out there. But the fact that you can cover and play the run uh, helps his cause. All right, Em. I think uh, I think we'll wrap it up here. I just uh, I'm curious, you know, what you've got going on these days, other than uh, other than showing up on, on Giants camp. And uh, I'm curious when we're going to see your mug on TV again in in one of your brand new suits. Hey, listen, I've been on CBS HQ all throughout the week. I'll be on there today and to, all throughout the week as well. Um, and then after that, we're we're getting ramped up for the season. So yeah, you'll be seeing me in these suits. Uh, pretty soon, I would say September. So you'll you'll see me in these suits starting September third, which is the first weekend of college football, um, and and that's when we start seeing the spring line, the summer, the early summer, the late summer, early fall line come out. Hey, look, you know the Giants don't play until seven o'clock. You got a whole day to shop. Exactly. Got a whole day to shop, go to the tail and get it done right. You know, <laughs> there you go. All right. Em, thank you very, very much. Giants fans. Thank you as always for listening. Please remember to subscribe to big blue view radio, wherever you listen to podcasts, stay safe out there, take care of each other. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. More to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.